Welcome to the Ether. Today is Thursday, April 13th, 2023. Today on the Ether, Stargaze Week 58 Creator Chat. Let's take a listen. Hey guys, all right, had a little technical issues there, but we are back on. Um, welcome everybody. Uh, we will start our spaces here in a minute or two. This is going to be a fun one. Bad kids after the the filter and... SK, you guys can uh, hear me and speak and just say hi. Yep, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Uh, can you hear me? Roger. Okay, that. great. We're good. All right. We're, no, no major issues right now. Cool. Um, we'll go ahead and start with some of our announcements for the week, uh, and then we'll dive into the fun project. Um, so, okay, so the, the big announcements for the week is we have a new Flex whitelist contract, uh, which after the filter we'll be using. Uh, this allows creators to do a snapshot and have a flexible amount of mints on the whitelist, depending on that snapshot. Um, so what this means is that um, you can now have a per address um, uh, mint lim- uh, maximum mint limit. So... So, for example, 10 addresses can have a maximum whitelist limit of one or 10 or up to 50. Um, So this gives flexibility on how um, you can assign whitelist spots to people. Um, That will also be um, through a new factory minter. Um, So that whitelist will only work with uh, a new minter. Um, And for featured Launchpad, um, we've allowed that now to be uh, exceeded if there is a larger fee paid. Um, Currently, that is 20,000 stars. Um, There's also a new badges and claim page um, at badges.stargaze.zone, which will automatically detect your Stargaze wallet address if you connect it to Kepler. Um, There were a couple of bug fixes, uh, zero royalty and a buy now bug, uh, bug fix. And also, uh, from last week, we had pretty much an instant mint out with uh, coin flip in 24 seconds. And the project is now added under our ecosystem page on the front page. Uh, so with that, uh, I want to introduce uh, after the filter, our project, the featured project for the week. Welcome, guys. Hey, hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. So I think most people I probably here are somewhat familiar with Bad Kids and Joe. Um, so maybe let's uh, hear from the, the other two guys here and who you are and how you got involved in this project. Steve, you go. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll go. Um, so uh, I'm the artist on After the Filter. Um, I've known uh, both Joe and Matt for many years, and um, we're always, uh, you know, working on different types of projects together. And uh, this one sort of popped up um, about almost a year ago now uh, as, as maybe something that all three of us could work on. and. Um, yeah, it's it's been fun. It's always fun to work on projects with your buddies. Yeah, and I um, this is Matt. Um, I it, yeah, lo- long time friends with Stephen, and I had just heard uh, legends about Joe uh, through Stephen, and we we all of us used to work at uh, Harmonics, uh, the makers of uh, Guitar Hero and Rock Band. Um, and I think Joe, I think Joe and I were there like for three days at the same time, maybe, but, uh, um, but Steven and I worked there for a few years together and became really good friends. And, and, you know, Steven had shared all of the like cool, uh, ideas, uh, that he and Joe had brewed up, uh, while they were at harmonics. And so, um, so I'd been like hoping for something to come together where the three of us could collaborate for a long time. And, 
yeah, like Steven said, it was sometime last year, it was like, hey, this, you know, Joe just, uh, you know, launched this Bad Kids project. And it seems like a really interesting, um, like, format for to do something really innovative and to, you know, especially in the narrative space. Um, you know, I've, I've always been sort of drawn to experimenting with narrative on different platforms and in different contexts. And, um, so that kind of, that, that really appealed to me. I didn't really know a lot about, you know, NFTs or, and I still don't, you know, I'm still a little bit bewildered, uh, about the, you know, the, the intricacies of, of the format, but as a storytelling um, method, um, you know, there's something just so cool about this idea that we could like collaboratively develop a story together over time. Like uh, the the three of us with you know any number of people who um, want to join us on this adventure. Like that, there's just something really cool and uh, um, striking about that. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. And uh, and bad kids, uh, can you tell us maybe your your role and how you kind of uh, brought everyone together? Yeah, I mean, I guess for me, um, after you know, after Bad Kids launched, um, you know, that was that was really exciting. It was it was cool to see um, sort of everyone. Um, you know, kind of everyone rallying around it in a way, making it their own thing. And I, I kind of started thinking about different ways that we might be able to experiment with, like, you know, a new NFT. And I, I figured, you know, like, Bad Kids, you know, it, it, it's for some people, it's like so intrinsic to, you know, like the spirit of Cosmos now. Like, it's it's kind of its own thing, which is awesome. So I was like, okay, if, if I was going to do something you know, totally different. Um, like what would be like, what's the NFT that I would want to buy if I saw someone else launching it. And so, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that are doing really cool stuff with like, uh, you know, different kinds of, uh, DeFi, you know, like the, the people are always asking like utility. Um, and this, I, I feel like this is like a, an opportunity for creative utility and that, you know, the, the three of us are all, you know, we have, a lot of experience, you know, doing various kinds of, um, you know, multimedia type projects and, and just sort of launching something that is, um, I don't know, kind of like allows us to kind of do something that we think is really fun and that we can bring a lot of people into. And, and, you know, also just like Steve's art, I felt like that would, you know, I've always been a fan of it. I felt like that would appeal to people who, like bad kids and i think you know uh just like even seeing it last night you know projected at that event you know it's it's such a stark contrast to everything else in nfts right now you know it's hand drawn no color at all totally black and white like i i'm i'm really like i just love the look of it alone so i'm you know i'm excited to actually like see that also um i i can't hear you i don't know if that's just me oh yeah i was wondering what was going on too Okay, yeah, my, might be another Twitter Twitter issue, but um, it's good good to know it wasn't just me. Um, so yeah, you are talking uh, about the art, right? Um, can you tell us like some of the inspiration behind it? Like it's definitely very original, and like it doesn't have any color in it. Is there any reason behind that? Sorry, I was just trying to do a little troubleshooting here with Joe, who's six feet away from me, but somehow can't connect successfully. Um, you know, it, it's interesting, the whole kind of style of the art is, um, you know, I'm not somebody who, who really likes to spend a ton of time um, polishing and making like really slick type of artwork. Um, you know, at, at first, the sketches and, and the style that it eventually evolved into were really just sort of idea um, brainstorming type of drawings, you know, almost just like, all right, well, let me sketch out what this NFT project would look like. Let me try to figure out what, what parts would swap in and out. And then once we figure that out, maybe we'll figure out how to dial the visual aesthetic. Um, but it really ended up just being kind of its own thing. And something about the process of design uh, 
you know, it pushes you in, in little ways to make different choices about the actual um, details of the execution, like how tight it is, how loose it is. Um, black and white is really always just my default. Um, I, I don't know. I think drawing in its purest form uh, is black and white, at least, at least for me. Yeah, and I think part of the fun of this has been just like seeing like kind of the ideas kind of came came from the drawings. Like, you know, Steve would draw some stuff and that would sort of like influence Matt, you know, to think about like how to fit into the world. So it's really like, you know, the, it's kind of like the the idea has really solidified over the course of like the past year and just, you know, all these like iterations. And, you know, there's there's a pretty crazy variety of action. So I think that definitely, you know, you can you can see a lot of different idea threads in there. Um, yeah. I, I, think, I think we might be breaking up a bit, um, but sorry, go ahead. And do you have something to say, Steve? Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, as as a as an artist, you know, a lot of the fun for me working with with Matt is to, um, you know, see his his sketches um, for for where he thinks the story should go who the different characters should be. And rather than give him uh, exactly maybe what he's asking for is to give him something that's a little bit of a curveball and know that he's going to receive that well. And that's going to be, you know, just another way to keep the energy high in, in the storytelling itself. Um, you know, there's... Yeah, like, it, I, I just, I'm thinking about, like, w like one of the uh, characters that we uh were generating through that process Stephen was uh, uh we were trying to figure out the you know we have us we have a certain number of uniques uh in each faction joe stop me if i'm revealing too much uh in the, in the realm of spoilers but like s s we were we were talking about uh, this one faction and you know uh Stephen was like uh you know what what is what typifies this unique character and i was like i, I don't know well, i think they're called the wet one and then, you know so steven just immediately starts drawing this like like plastic bag and and the the character is just like lives in this plastic bag and is always moist and you know it was like i didn't you know we just were cracking up and and just in tears as Steven is drawing this thing in real time. And we're like adding vents to the bag. And, um, you know, there we came up with this whole story about how they have to have a constant supply of, of, of lemon scented, uh, wet wipes, uh, you know, inserted into the bag. And, you know, I think that that is just what has been like so joyful about working on this project is that we, we, we're just all three of us, kind of like without knowing it like i feel like this in certain ways it's the the story we've always wanted to tell and the characters we've always wanted to develop and having suddenly having the freedom to just do that and explore it and and like bring all of uh you know all of our experience and and like creative interests into this one project it's just been super fun very cool. Um, can you tell us how you envision the storytelling process going and how the community can or would be able to interact with it? Yeah, I can take that unless, Joe, you want to. No, go ahead. I'll, I'll jump in okay. if it seems like I need to. Yeah. So, well, we so we have um, uh, over the course of the last year, we we, you know, developed a, a storyline, an arc. Um, uh, you know, broadly um, bulleted out all of the the major points of the story, um, and so we know we know where the story starts, we know where it's going, and we know uh, roughly where it ends. Um, so, and I think we will. You know that that is sort of like necessary. If you don't if you don't sort of know that going in, you end up with lost, right? So. Um, so we have a sense for where it's going and we um so our our vision for how we interact with the community is is through you know um posting a chapter 
you know, we're, we're thinking of them as chapters and the chapters may take the form of an animated video in the vein of the trailer we released. Um, they might be, you know, it might be like a narrative podcast. It might be another, you know, it might take another form. You know, we're thinking all of it is going to be um, distributed on the web, freely available to anyone uh, to watch and follow. Um, but then, you know, we are going to be regularly, um, you know, asking questions of uh, folks on our Discord. Um, and the questions might not seem like, you know, we're hoping that there's some deliberate fun in asking oblique questions of the community and, um, you know, then following that up with a story element that, um, uh, that ends up, you know, surprising them with the way that we've interpreted, um, their responses. And that is a, you know, that's, um, that's an element of this project that we, we hope to kind of architect with the community. Like we don't know, you know, like the the whole time we've been working on this, we're like, I don't, is anyone going to be interested in this? Like, so if there are 12 people that are psyched about the project, like we're going to tell the story with those 12 people. Um, but that's going to just take a different form than telling the story, you know, with 300 people or whoever, you know, like however many people come along for a, come along with us for the ride, that's going, we're going to, you know, have to like, make adjustments to how we tell the story but we're you know the the basic thrust of it is like at regular intervals we're going to kind of like ask folks for their input and then creatively interpret the 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 input that we're given so it's not like you know the 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 community isn't going to be able to say like oh that you know that character, the boss should die, you know, and we're not going to, you know, they don't, they're not going to be able to play God, but they're going to be able to influence the world that we're uh, spinning for them. Right. It creates more of like an interactive experience. So. Yeah. 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 And it's just, a, it's just a lot more fun if you don't know where the story's going, you know, mm -hmm. the, at the start of each, you know, when each chapter drops, it should be a, a surprising thing. It'll be more fun to see like where your influence turns up. Um, can you tell us exactly kind of what the filter is um, and like j just the, the quick kind of pitch, what m maybe we saw in the trailer if other people haven't seen it. Matt, do yeah, you want so to tackle the, this? Sure. Yeah. So the, so the filter is um, it's a, a singularity event where, um, you know, all of humanity is uh, invited and encouraged to, um, to ditch their physical forms and, you know, come together in a digital paradise that is just, you know, every, every dream you've ever wanted to uh, experience is yours forever and ever. Um, and like, who wouldn't want to, uh, you know, shed their, their bod and uh, live forever with, you know, everyone who's ever lived. Um, but <laughs> You know, the joke that I think started, but, you know, between Stephen and I just like, like, we are so disorganized that we would, we would like miss the the deadline to apply for this event. And so, and like, the, you know, we just sort of laughed about that idea. And then we thought about like, oh, what if, what if this story is about the fuck ups who <laughs> couldn't get their shit together in time to um, to sign up for this filter event and everyone else is gone, you know, they're the, everyone else has left and is like partying and, you know, in this like foam party in heaven, uh, in a digital heaven. Um, and then there are just these schmucks wandering the earth, uh, left there, uh, to fend for themselves. And like, what, you know, what happens? Like, what is their life? Like, how do they interact with each other? What sort of alliances and um you know uh oppositions form as a result of that D does that answer the question i'm happy to talk some more about it but i don't want to reveal too much yeah yeah that's yeah good. no i yeah that that's good i uh I, I, do you guys take any any inspiration from like rapture type events or like the leftovers or something like that 
Yeah, I mean, we definitely like Leftovers is an amazing uh, show, and uh, it. I, I think that what you know, as amazing as that show is, and like, like we're trying, we're trying to like, it, it's a similar concept, right? Where suddenly this is about the people who are left after this event, um, and so, and I think we, the the, you know the the people that are left over in the leftovers are pretty high functioning compared to the people that were uh, telling the story about. Cause we wanted to kind of keep it in a realm of, uh, or just to, to distinguish it from other um, kind of apocalyptic narratives that are similar, uh, similar in um, their, that, you know, the, the arc of the story. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, I could is, even tell the way you guys are doing it, it's much more playful, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm glad that's coming across. Like, yeah, we don't we you know, like, I mean, I think again, the tone like I, leftovers is an amazing show, but it is it's very like, you know, dark and taking itself pretty seriously, and so we wanted to and like you know, I think that's some of the magic of Stephen's drawings is that they they're simultaneously like very uh you know there's something very grim about them but there's but they're drawn with this element of like playfulness that kind of like takes the the sting out of the um or it just it it like it punctures a a hole in that kind of like dark serious brooding tone that i think is just uh, that's just something I've always loved about Steven's work. And I think that's what we're trying to go after tonally with this story. Um, can you also tell us about, I guess, the people who are left over, right? There's X number of fractions and you guys are releasing some videos uh, every so often. I don't know how much you want to reveal about that, but uh, we know that already. Yeah, I one of you guys talk. I feel okay, like okay. I'm just, I'll, I'll, I hate I'll talk for a while. Voice. No, no, but you're, you're doing great. It's great. Uh, so yeah, so there's 11 different factions, uh, you know, some are smaller than others, um, but they kind of represent, you know, all these different, uh, almost, some of them are a little bit more cult-like than others, but the different, the different kind of belief systems that people gravitate towards uh, after the filter. And so, um, and, and, you know, like the Grindhousers, I think that was like the first one we dropped. Uh, the, the first faction preview, like they're, they're a little bit more serious, a little bit more scary seeming. Um, the next one uh, that I'll be putting out hopefully later tonight is for shepherds, which are sort of the, the children that are left uh, wandering, you know, after the filter. And I think that one's like a lot more uh, playful and a lot more fun. I think it'll I think people will, will dig that. So yeah, it, it's, they all just kind of have a different feel. Um, and I think people will sort of uh, identify with like the sort of different types of people that sort of slide into those groups. I think it's also, you know, for telling a story that, you know, 10,000 people or more are following, you know, your exact character might not turn up in the story, but you will see, you know, from the faction, how, how the others like you sort of like turned out and, and what role they played, you know, after the filter. Thanks. Um, right now, guys, um, let's get some questions from the audience uh, for after the filter. Uh, if you've got a question, please request to speak and we will get you guys answered. Uh, also, um, I know that you guys have had questions about whitelist. Is it still possible to get on the whitelist if you do, do not own a bad kid? Yeah, as far as I know, the snapshot is happening, you know, sometime tomorrow morning. Um, I, I guess that's not morning for everyone, but it will be, you know, approximately, uh, I don't know, eight or nine hours from now. Uh, maybe my math is off there, but yeah. Uh, I mean, the the project goes live at, I think, 1600 UTC, which is like, I don't know, Ron, are you better with math than yeah. me? <laughs> Uh, I think I think the whitelist will go live around 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Right. Um, uh, right. I was trying to I was trying to do the math in my head to convert that for our international listeners. Um, but yeah, uh, 
I'm, I'm bad at that stuff. But yes, uh, so there will be like a three hour window before the public mint. And anyone that owns a bad kid has, a you know, one whitelist spot for every bad kid you have. Um, I think it'll be like a pretty, uh, you know, a more relaxed pace uh, before who knows what's going to happen when the public mint opens up. I'm sure there will be plenty left. But, you know, if you don't want to, um, you know, if, if your ledger requires a lot of clicking, um, I, I, it would be nice to, you know, not have to worry about that being an issue. Uh, so, yeah, so it's, it's not, you know, I'm not, I'm not using the white list as like a hype tool to try to like, you know, a lot of people have been freaking out that they're not on the white list. There's definitely going to be plenty left. If you're not on the white list, not every single person is going to, that has a bad kid is going to buy one. It's more just like a, a, a short exclusivity period for those folks. Awesome. Thanks. Um, let's see here. Um, uh, Steve and Matt, what was your familiarity with NFTs uh, before this project? Um, I will talk now, Matt. I'll give you a break. <laughs> um, I'll say I had almost no familiarity, you know, probably about as familiar with NFTs as, as your dad is with NFTs, which is to say, you know, he he saw a blurb on the cover of uh, USA Today or something about it a year ago. Um, I know slightly more now. I'll say that, um, you know, it, it feels like a much more interesting space to work in now that I know uh, more about what the possibilities are. And now that I see that there's like a real scene and a real... Um, audience, you know, that's hungry for, for new stuff. Um, to me, it feels a lot like, uh, you know, I think about it in terms of, of sort of early comic books or something in the 60s, like this kind of marginal uh, art form that not everybody gets, not everybody knows about, but there's a real committed fan base to it. And I think that, um, there's something about that that's really fun to try to go in and, and do something really ambitious, um, you know, in this, in this like brand new space, you know, and it's always like, we're always trying to give people more than, more than we have to, you know, more than they ask for. So I think it's sort of at every step of this, we've been pushing ourselves to make this project like more and more creative, cooler, you know, more, um, you know, more ways to kind of tickle the interest of um, what makes NFTs different than, than other types of uh, collectibles or other types of art. Uh, great, great answer, guys. Um, any questions for After the Filter on their new Mint? Yeah. Uh, what was uh, most challenging about this process, guys, getting this on? I know it's your, it's your very first uh, uh, NFT project, and it's quite an ambitious one at that. I mean, I think that for, for me, uh, part of the challenge was just, you know, Steve would do this like amazing artwork and then I would kind of try to figure out how to, you know, it wouldn't always uh, kind of divide into uh, like break down into metadata the way I needed it to. So I'd have to kind of get creative sometimes. And, uh, and yeah, and also just kind of like, you know, just doing all the technical side of it um, could be a little challenging because it is like so... You know, like bad kids already was kind of pushing it by having all these different, you know, body shapes and stuff, some of which had like very unique parts. And in this case, it's like the, the body shapes are, you know, radically different. Like, you know, the, the accessories from one, um, you know, if they if they're on another one, they have to be kind of redrawn entirely most of the time. So, you know, just kind of keeping track of all that was was really was was a lot. But it's uh, it, it came together in the end. Yeah, I would I would have to say Joe did like about eight hundred times the work that Stephen and I did, and eight hundred times the most difficult, uh, and like, uh, like unrewarding work on the project. Like as I said, like you know, Stephen and I would get together in his studio and just like draw. You know, Stephen would draw all these like bananas characters and send them over to joe and joe joe's like uh well uh okay i don't know the these parts uh i don't know how they're all gonna come together we're like you'll make it work 
Yeah, I was talking to some, sentence. <laughs> I was talking to somebody last night about the you know the technical challenges of combining um, you know just the amount of complexity you know like a, a lot of these characters um, I want them to be uh, varied and interesting even just like in their facial features you know it's like everybody's got eyes and a nose and a mouth and hair and accessories and a shirt and pants and other accessories and a backpack and you know somebody was like well how do you keep track of all that stuff how do you make it all go together is it is it hard to manage that and i was like no it's super easy i just give it to joe <laughs> oh. um, yeah it actually it, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't that bad. Like it was actually like uh, you know, I, I think it probably seems like magic to you guys, but I've like I've, I've done it. I've done it a couple of times now, so it's not that bad. And I, it was kind of it was really rewarding seeing uh, just seeing all the different like variations like come out. Like there's you know it, it would like we'd see like combinations that were like like oh wow that's uh, like I don't know. I, Steve, were you like kind of surprised by seeing any of the stuff that kind of came together like? you know, that you weren't expecting from the original artwork? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've always been really fascinated by uh, character creators and also just by randomization in general. I mean, I will say, you know, I, I worked on the, I don't know if anybody here played the Rock Band games, but the character creator in that game is extremely deep. Um, and... But that was sort of my first experience with creating uh, a character builder out of like hundreds or thousands of different parts. Um, but to have it have it go through that same process, but have it look like I drew each one, um, is kind of magic. You know, it looks like a bunch of drawings that I did, uh, you know, in a dream state and forgot about, and then suddenly I'm like, oh yeah, I. Yeah, I guess I drew that. It looks like one of my drawings. I never would have thought of that combination, but um, but it's been really fun. I mean, even today, going through, uh, we're doing some some bug fixing and stuff. Try to get this this collection finalized. Um, there's all kinds of stuff in there that I did not anticipate that works, uh, you know, in kind of magical ways. Would you say that the majority of the characters were ones that were kind of randomly generated and surprising? Uh, or are they ones that you guys uh, pl planned out? I mean, Steve, you can speak to that if you want. I think, um, I think like, there was sort of like a lot of, I mean, you know, there was things like the, the really unique, like, one-of-ones. Um, but then also, like, for each each faction has different classes um, and those classes have like kind of a, you know, a pretty strong identity to them. You know, that they like the carriers in the, in the grindhousers are like hunched over. Uh, they always have something on their back. You know, a lot of their expressions are kind of pained um, and, you know, like some of them, you know, so they kind of have a little bit of a, a type forced on them, but then some of them break out of that a little bit. Like one might have like these, like, uh, mechanical cyborg arms you know that like differentiates them a, a bit more from from the other ones you know so there there's like fun details that kind of push some of them a little bit out of their you know sort of out of the original uh sort of personality that was sort of dreamt up for that class yeah i mean one thing i'll say that's that's very different process wise for this from from working on something like a video game is, uh, you know, there's no master spreadsheet that was a list of, you know, 64 hand accessories and 67 kinds of boots. It really, almost, I mean, we did a, a little bit of patching and filling where necessary, but there was almost no planning put into the specific assets other than just kind of a broad outline of the type of character that this might be. So, you know, when I'm actually sitting down at my desk and drawing, it feels very loose and improvisational. And if you sit down and draw, you know, 50 things in a couple of hours, uh, you forget about half of them anyway. And the next time you see them, you know, it's always kind of, kind of a surprise. And it's good that you forgot about half of them because I had to throw a lot of stuff out that didn't work. Um, and you haven't asked about <laughs> it. So that's great. Oh, perfect. Perfect. 
Was that was that all the times, Joe, that you were like, oh, there must be some Dropbox compatibility issues? Yeah, that's the the whole time that I've been saying the Dropbox sync isn't working. That's just been me deleting stuff. <laughs> just getting dropped. Uh, hey, Hefe, um, you have a question or comment for us? Yeah, I just joined a little bit late. I wanted to confirm like the, the whitelist thing. So I have two bad kids. That means I'll be able to just mean two on the whitelist. Um, so I was a little confused. And then... It's only also bad kids, like no big kids, right? Only the bad kids are going to be on the whitelist. Yeah, just just bad kids. Sorry, I think um, I think there's like hard limits on the the number of logged addresses that we can have, and if we put bid kid, bit kids in there as well, it would uh, I think it would max that out. So yeah, you'll be able to mint two during the whitelist, and then once the public mint is open, you can mint more if you want to. Awesome. And then when it goes public, is it the same limitations or like as many as we can mint on the public or how does it go after that? Um, with the public, we're, we're going to set it either uh, 10 or 20. We haven't decided yet. Um, we don't want to go too high just because we, you know, if there is a lot of demand, we want everyone to be able to get, you know, we want everyone a chance to, to get some, you know, uh, I'm hoping this isn't like an instantaneous mint out. Um, and, you know, obviously people can always go around that limit by making more wallets. But, you know, we're, we're hoping everyone that wants one gets to have one. Cool. Awesome. Appreciate it. I can't wait for it, man. Thanks. Thank you. Any more questions for after the filter, guys? Don't be shy. Please uh, ask your heart out. Um, tell us about the there's two Twitter accounts, right? There's an after the filter Twitter account and a Typhoon Corporation account. Um, do you want to tell us anything about those? Well, I mean, if if you want to get don't, like, go ahead, Matt. Yeah, I mean, we don't know. I mean, you know, we don't know what that Typhon account is all about. Like, it's, um, you know, it. I, I think they stopped posting. I don't know. Yeah, I Joe, guess the what, filter. The filter must have happened. Um, I don't know. From what I was seeing, I was just seeing a lot of bland corporate imagery there. So I, yeah. I just kind of ignored it. Yeah, we have no idea. I guess we just have no clue what's going on. Let's see. Um, when when could we expect the, maybe the first bit off narrative of story to come out? Ah. Yeah, we're um, we're looking. You know, like our our target cadence is around you know once every two weeks i mean that's what we have been talking about um and you know and again that's going to probably scale with like interest and you know community involvement but like that's what we'd like to um keep going on like we we sort of we're looking at again the trailer as a as a sort of template for um you know the size and uh you know scope of the um the story uh segments that we want to tell so and that you know that roughly took about like two weeks all told to to put together okay so uh roughly twice a month yeah hopefully hopefully it all sort of depends too on the specifics of of what form each chapter is going to take. I mean, certainly um, the, the range of, of work you can generate for yourself uh, on the story side is also, um, you know, is also a big factor. Animation can be really easy or it can be really, really hard and time consuming. And, you know, on top of that, we're, we're recording songs for it. Um, you know, we're trying to do it all, you know, at a really you know, high level of execution without overthinking it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if people know that, but Steve actually wrote the music that's in the trailer. And the, uh, the next faction video that's coming out, he, he wrote uh, a unique song for. Um, so yeah, he'll probably be helping out with the music as we go along. Like it's, it's fun to sort of have the, you know, full creative reins to just, you know, go crazy with stuff. Um, so I know there's going to be a lot of community involvement, uh, involvement with the owners. Uh, of this collection, how do you guys specifically think about how to go about that? Is it going to be uh, like mostly through Discord or like any other mediums? Uh, how, how how's that going to work? 
Yeah, we're thinking Discord for now. Um, we have like, uh, we're using Starrybot to kind of like gate channels. Uh, so, you know, right now it works with bad kids. So anyone with a bad kid can get into the verified channels. But uh, eventually, um, you know, well, obviously, like once the, the collection is out, people will be able to use that to get into the, you know, the the verified channels. And those will those will be like where we interact with people, where we have polls for, you know, the next chapter. You know, I, we also just like want, to people to discuss stuff going on in the story there like we'd love to see uh we'd love to see like what they're thinking like um you know i was like saying this in the discord a couple days ago but like you know back when lost was on tv if anyone remembers lost like i you know i worked you know in an office where like people would talk about it all the time and like everyone had these like crazy theories about what was going on like and some of them were really really well thought out and like the the show almost never delivered anything as uh, as exciting as like what people in the office are coming up with. I think you know they were thinking about it a bit more, and so like, you know. I, but I love that. Like I almost remember thinking like, oh, it'd be something like this where the creators could actually see what what people are thinking, just to either you know build off of that or totally use that as misdirection. You know, I, I think it creates this fun relationship between the story and the audience that most things don't have. So, you know, I, I think we're not 100% sure exactly how the interaction is going to work, but um, but we have some pretty good ideas. I think it's going to be fun for everyone involved. Yeah, it's a, definitely an experiment and narrative that uh, we haven't had in here before, but there seems to be a lot of support for it and people want to get involved. Guys, any questions for After the Filter? You guys are quiet today. This is uh, our biggest launch, I think, ever. <laughs> Um, you guys have, okay, so there's a, it's a total of 10,000 pieces, right? 9,000 are mintable, um, and 1,000, um, will be minted for yourself or your treasury, right? Um, um, what is the, um, what would you plan to do with those thousand NFTs? Uh, we don't really have like a solid plan. It's just, you know, I, I think it's just more of a reserve. Um, you know, we, we think these are valuable, you know, we're, we're kind of, you know, we set the mint. I mean, the mint price might seem high. I think we we set it, you know, at a lot lower than we were originally thinking, just because you know, I, I think for the amount of labor that went into it and the amount of labor to come, I think it's like you know a really great deal. I think you know once people start seeing the the artwork, I think it's going to be very popular. Um, so yeah, I I totally lost the thread there. What was the question? I'm. I'm spacing out. This is all the all the last minute bug fixing is really melting my brain. Uh, your 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 mind's in a, a ton of ton of different places. No, um, it was just about uh, what um, the the minting to yourself. Basically, you have nine thousand available to mint, right? And then there's a yeah. thousand um, that you guys are minting for like the treasury. Yeah, basically. I mean, we just want to have a reserve. Like, I mean, I think if this um, if this grows into a much bigger thing. Um, it would be nice to be able to, you know, like say there's like, say we want to like hire a full-time animator or something, you know, if, if the community is okay with us selling, you know, a small portion, you know, of the, of the proceeds over time to pay for that, I think that would be really cool. But I mean, for now, I think it's just, um, you know, I want to have an equivalent amount to bad kids for the whitelist, which is, you know, maybe a dumb reason, um, because it's not like it's going to mint out on the whitelist, uh, but I also kind of want to constrain the supply a little bit of mint, uh, you know, and, and also like, I think it's just good to hold on to some, um, you know, maybe, maybe it's a way to entice other people to come to Cosmos in some way in the future. Um, you know, it's, it's good to have options there. Okay, cool. Uh, it looks like we do have a question here from Chris Mullins. Welcome, Chris. Oh, you have not. Hey, Chris, you're on. Welcome. Hey, thank you. Um, hey, everybody. I'm just curious. Bad Kids uh, is an important project in terms of um, both impact and um, you know general aesthetic. And as far as like a successful project, it seems like a, a pretty high bar. Are there any lessons learned from that project or anything that you see as like a milestone um, you'd look to try to mimic for After the Filter? Uh, yeah, I guess like, you know, I really, when Bad Kids launched, I had no idea that it was going to 
kind of connect in any way. You know, I, I thought it was this really weird esoteric thing, you know, that like, I mean, to me, it almost seemed like a joke about NFTs uh, in the form of an NFT. And, uh, you know, so seeing that people, you know, were really kind of open to like these weird ideas. And also, like, I think, you know, just I think people were kind of craving stuff that didn't take itself so seriously. Um, because, you know, I think sometimes, especially in like the in crypto and in the NFT space, especially, I think sometimes people can get very, very serious about it. Uh, and I don't know, that, that makes it a lot less fun. Uh, so I think, I think just, I mean, this is like another thing where it's like, you know, when we started putting this together, we had no idea if there would be like an audience for that. We're still not totally sure. It does seem like people are excited. So I, you know, I, I hope people turn out for the mint. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it feels like a different new, like untested kind of thing. And I, you know, it seems like people are in, open to that. You know, I, I think people want, um, you know, people, people don't necessarily just want tried and true things over and over again. Like they, they want to see, you know, people that are, you know, pushing the limits a little bit, creatively, which hopefully we are. Yeah, thank you. Um, any more questions, guys? Please request to speak. Um, Steve and Joe, yeah, so this is kind of your real first foray into NFTs, and you're, you're kind of diving off the deep end, right? Do you guys want to make this uh, something kind of like your, your full-time gig for the next year or so? Um, how have your friends and family taken to this? Well, I'll say on my end, I am always working on a bunch of different projects, um, some of which uh, make a little bit of money, most of which don't make any money. Um, so, you know, when I was talking to my mom about this the other night and she just, you know, I was kind of explaining to her, yeah, we're going to we're working on this project. We're hoping to, you know, you know, develop it into this this series of films or you know, comic books and she was like you're always working on a bunch of projects that's really interesting <laughs> but um you know as for the the intricacies um you know i think uh you know it, it is such a, a niche world still and i think that that's partly what makes it feel fun like there's no rules in this space right now yeah, Matt, did you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's not like I mean, I have like Stephen, I have been you know involved almost exclusively in um, you know creative projects that uh, ended up like net negative. So I'm not like I'm sort of not taking anything. You know, it, this is just another one of those until it isn't so i don't really you know i don't really talk about anything i'm doing with my family anymore um because it uh, you know it, it often like lands with the same kind of uh vibe as steven described with his mom so uh it's not really i mean it's sort of i i view this as a a way to like spend time with my friends that you know i can't you know i can't get in any other way and it that is its own pleasure to me and anything else that happens is kind of icing on the gravy <laughs> icing on the gravy <laughs> yeah i mean the real the real goal of this project is to have a, a fun set of challenges that we can work on together and um, anything else that develops out of that, you know, including, I think most importantly, just uh, an audience that's interested in the work that we're doing. Um, you know, that that's really the the reason we're doing this is uh, just to have fun creating something uh, with our friends. I think I think one really cool aspect of this is that um, if a character makes it into uh, the story, uh, it'll be really interesting, interesting to see if that character, uh, you know, g g gains value, uh, in the marketplace. Right. And, and, and to kind of see the trading activity and see if there's, there'll be like, you know, contention to like own that character. 
uh, and and uh, you know play a part in their story. I think that's going to be super interesting, and I don't think that's ever been done uh, in this space before. Yeah, yeah, I, I think mean, that's a super super cool thing. It's almost like you know if you've got a little stable of characters in the story world, um, you know suddenly one of them might become a star. You know, and and they may or may not do what what you wish they were doing, but um, I think that's part of uh, just a way that we we want to help people stay engaged with what we're doing and um, feel like they're really like emotionally invested in the story world that, that we're creating. Yeah, I was going to say like I mean w you know we grew up you know in the 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 world of gi joe and you know there's there's not you'll see some minor influences in the the character design but like you know like i remember being you know as a kid you would get like the toy line would come the figures would come out and then they wouldn't appear in the show until like a year later and so you you know there was this t period of time where you're like what what is a dreadnought like what's zartan's story um, you know, and so you could kind of like create your own version of it. And then, you know, when that character showed up in the show, it was this huge event because you'd already sort of like bonded with the character, you know, you through just like playing in your backyard with the figure, you know? And so I think that is a certain, there's a certain like nostalgic tugging that I think this has on our, you know, uh, on our, our like creative instincts. And I, I'm also just super psyched to see how that develops. You know, and I think people are going to be creating their own stories for their characters too. And totally. uh, it's going to be really cool to see how that uh, kind of, uh, you know, fits into one storyline or maybe there doesn't need to be one storyline. Right. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. like, uh, yeah, I, I, mean, I, 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 yeah, I don't want to overcomplicate things, but it's totally possible for <laughs> the, the, like the story to get like forked and have multiple versions of it and stuff. But I, you know, I don't want to get a, get ahead of myself right now, but, uh, I, it's a, it's this really fun experiment. Uh, it'd be cool to see what happens. Yeah. But between, you know, the, the character's complexity and their facial expression, and then this whole other kind of secondary world of these traits that you're going to see and the metadata we want each of these characters to sort of you know create a little narrative just on their own you know you look at this guy and you realize oh oh he's uh he's actually a super genius he used to be an air traffic controller like how did he end up here you know and i think that you know sparking that um curiosity about how this character ended up where they are and and where they're going, um, even just based on you know examining all the little minutia that each of the characters has, is going to be really fun for people. Yeah, I, I love that. There's so much like sort of there's invisible traits for every character, and like I, I love that there's like a before job that every character has. So it's like you you get a sense of what they were doing before the filter happened. I mean, I mean that could be its own story, right? Every every character could have like a like a prequel too. Oh yeah, that, that's before the filter. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, but yeah, we certainly want to like compare, you know, with uh, you know flashbacks and you know like that. I think is one. Yeah, that's one of the things that I'm most fascinated in is a you know, from a narrative perspective is like, yeah, the contrast of worlds, like what were these people doing before? What was their life like? And when everything changed, how did they adapt or not to it? Um, I don't know if you guys talked about this already, but what was the decision like to go with uh, like pure black and white? Uh, because it does, it does really stand out and makes it very different. I mean, I think that um, part of that is is not overthinking things, and the black and white looks really different in the world of of a wall of NFT collections. But the drawings, you know, for this collection don't look out of place, you know, on my desk because it's already covered in black and white drawings. So to me, it was just sort of like a totally natural thing, and 
you know, I talked a little bit before about how we we had maybe considered going back and like doing more polished versions and stuff. Um, but I think as these these ideas developed naturally and uh, we became attached to the art that we'd already seen and we already started to think about the world in certain ways, um, it just became clear that that was not only just right for our story, but actually because it looks so different. Um, you know, it's another way to sort of differentiate from from the other projects that are out there and differentiate from, you know, a lot of the the nightmarish aesthetics of uh, the world of, of NFTs in general. I mean, there are some beautiful NFTs, but when you picture, uh, you know, when you when you picture just NFT in your head, at least for myself right now, I picture a lot of bright colors and obnoxious cartoon characters and you know sort of eye eye gouging um blangy elements and stuff and we really wanted to get as far away from that as possible give it like a totally different feel let it live in its own uh its own little world yeah i think i think i think that's that's going to really set it apart and i think what's amazing about you guys is that you know you you, you aren't uh like the typical kind of people from the nft world uh, so you, you're, you're, you're coming from like a different angle, uh, which, which helps create like, you know, something really unique and different. Uh, so I think, I think this is probably the most kind of different collection on, on Stargaze after bad kids, uh, and, you know, has a similar kind of hand-drawn aesthetic. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's super cool. I think, uh, other communities are going to start noticing this too. And, uh, Hopefully, we'll be migrating to Stargaze and to check you guys out. I, I hope so, too. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, like, I, I think, you know, there was a lot of talk last summer, um, you know, about sort of onboarding other artists into NFTs or, or maybe not a lot, but like me and a couple other people that were like, had sort of started on, on Stargaze were talking about this. And I think, you know, I, like bad kids, like the development of that had been like really hard and really stressful for me. And I, you know, I know towards the end of that, I was thinking about like, um, you know, if I could have like sort of like a dream team to make something with, you know, like what would that look like? Um, you know, and like how how could I sort of delegate things so it's not just me doing every single thing and and stressing out? And you know, I succeeded in like sort of getting the dream team. I failed, and then I'm still stressed out about everything and like working down to the last second. Uh, but you know, you know, you can't have it all. It's a it's a learning experience. Yeah, I mean, I think for us as as creatives coming into this new space. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't mean to to shit on NFTs, but I think there's a lot of work that is uh, people trying to give the community sort of what they've already had, you know, in a slightly different flavor. And I think, you know, as as an artist, it's really sort of your job to give people something they haven't seen before and bring something new to the table. And um, you know, I think that that as as this space grows, as as it becomes more diverse, I think there's there's going to be a, a whole kind of new new culture um, that hopefully is broader and um, you know just more generally uh, diverse. Um, we have a question or a comment from Shri Crypto. Welcome. Hey guys, how's it going? I really just have a comment. Yeah. Um, I feel like people tend to innately gravitate towards things that they don't necessarily like have to say it. I know for me, loyalty rewards are really something that I really um, appreciate. And I feel like so far with Bad Kids and Stargaze, I think that's what really kind of I think sets the bar is that a lot of times I don't feel like you should have to articulate some things. And so it's good that, you know, you guys are giving back to the community for people who just are drawn to something, not for any other reason. And so I think that that's really important. And I'm tapped in mainly too, because being like an artist making music and being a filmmaker, um, I'm really uh, anxious and excited about NFTs and where it will take. us as artists and how we'll be able to communicate through our art and you know be able to trade or barter or you know make a living you know so i um really am kind of 
curious is as to how it'll evolve and especially how Stargaze will probably maybe implement things like that. So I think uh, I have an affinity, uh, Adam and um, Cosmos. So I think that I'm kind of leaning this way. And so that's why I'll be tapping in. So thanks for um, giving back to the community. Appreciate you guys. Thanks. That's awesome. We're, we're thank happy you. to have you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Um, all right, guys, any any more questions or comments from the community? We're getting to our hour here. Um, while you guys think about it, um, is there anything we missed uh, talking about after the filter that you guys want to um, bring up? I don't know. I, I, I Nothing, think we covered, covered it pretty well. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it was really <laughs> great it. seeing him. It was really great seeing him on the big screen last night. Uh, and, you know, recently, not too long ago, I think we saw some bad kids tattoos people got. Um, I'm sure there's going to be an after the filter tattoo. Oh, yeah. Steve, do you want to offer tattoos? Yeah, we were, we were literally <laughs> just joking about that earlier. We're, we're trying to figure out if we should have a little impromptu launch party here in New York tomorrow. And uh, it's like, oh, I should get my friend to bring his tattoo gun and uh, we'll just... Um, you know, come come get some free uh, after the filter tattoos. Seems like an absolutely horrible idea. Um, <laughs> someone yeah. someone quickly tag Jacob to have him fly to New York. <laughs> Is that like a health code violation if we're doing like uh, tattoos in like the backyard area of a bar in Williamsburg? I mean, it's the free last country. tattoo I got was was sitting in that chair in my studio. Wait, you were there, Joe, right? Yeah, yeah, I watched it happen. <laughs> yeah, always keeping it, always keeping it professional over here. Maybe kind of as uh, as she crypto said, there could be an incentive to get a tattoo. Uh, all right, guys. Well, this has been a fun chat. Sorry, do you have something to say, Steve? I was just going to say that um, you know, getting the tattoo should be its own reward, um, but. Uh, you know, if anybody wants uh, uh, after the filter tattoo uh, design, uh, you know, hit me up. <laughs> awesome. There you go. Who's going to get the first uh, after the filter <laughs> tattoo? That's the next thing on the list. Uh, awesome, guys. Well, this has been a fun chat. Um, tomorrow's going to be a really great freshman Friday. Uh, I know everyone's looking forward to it. Uh, thanks again, and uh, we'll chat soon. Thanks for joining, guys. Oh, thank thanks you for having so us. Thanks, thanks so much to everybody. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was Stargaze Week 58 Creator Chat, recorded on Thursday, April 13th, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Everyone, keep listening. Head on over to TerraSpaces.org/slash/donate and show some support now. Put your hands up like you got a couple questions Ain't no misdirection, just a bunch of flexing All aggressive, insane from all directions Smoke rolls in when I start a session Plank canvas, blaze up the handlers Rocking back and forth like I got the van stuck Don't grind the clutch, mind your hush Put your mask on and don't touch the antlers Feeling untouchable when I'm on the verse But in the universe, I'm just writing some words Enticing these nerds while I'm laying out my memoirs Like, remember when I had to fight the centaur? I'm a book nerd, let me take you on the journey Lost in the labyrinth, searching out the lost fern For certain, got the taxes included Acting like a writer, never felt secluded Just another fixed game of try my luck Go lighten up dog. it could always be worse Unless you're in the back of a hearse Then you're dead, or putting in new speakers It's a toss up, driver, or just tweakers Don't stress yo, I've done the research Living life like a bunch of fucking lemurs It's a remake, off the cutting floor We take a little 
little bit of poison and put it in the cheesecake. Tastes great, less filling, less stress, more killing. As he blew the cornerstone out the building, and the box came tumbling down all humble. Feels like we're drowning in a little puddle. Rebuttal? I should be taking off in the shuttle, getting high in space with the Hubble. Spaces.